Take a listen. For the Dunker Punks. Oh, oh for the Dunker Punks. Yeah. yeah that's cool. That's a cool group. What's up, Dunker Punks? What does it even mean to be a Dunker Punk? What does it mean to live out Jesus' calling in a changing world? Dunker Punks. Make their communities look a little bit more like the kingdom of heaven. Dunker Punks. Figure out a way to hold on to the hope that another way is possible. Dunker Punks. Love everyone, even our enemies. Dunker Punks. Non-violent, non-conformist Anabaptists sharing audio accounts of following Jesus to God's revolutionary reality. We seek truth to spread love and stand up for the marginalized. I'm your host, Pastor Nancy Fitzgerald. Hello, my name is Kevin Schatz. Dana Cassell here. Hey, this is Sarah Olaminick. I'm Dylan. Hello, I'm Nathan Hustler. Hey, this is Emmett Eldred. My name is Laura Weimer. Hello, I'm Emmy Gehring. I'm Jonathan Stauffer. I'm Suzanne. Josh Brockaway. Hi friends, Elizabeth Ulrich Swenson here. My name is Noemi Flores. Hello, my name is Jacob Krause, and you're listening to Dunker Punk's podcast. With support from Arlington Church of the Brethren. On Earth Peace. Office of Public Witness. Dunker Punk's. Committed to Jesus' radical anti-empire love in our own world. Disciples of Christ, putting the words of Jesus, especially the words that we read in the Sermon on the Mount, into action every day. Hit it, Jacob! Countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving, organic gardener. Like what you hear? Consider making a donation at arlingtoncob.org slash dpppdonor. We were talking about Dunker Punks. They were, they uh-huh. were very excited about Dunker Punks. Dunker Punks for life. See you next time. Welcome to the Dunker Punks podcast. What is your perfect idea of Christmas morning? Does it include gifts, either received or given? Would the perfect Christmas be perfect without gifts? Think on it while you listen to Jacob play the Dunker Punks theme song. I don't want to be rich. Don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. I don't want to be violent, don't want to have a vendetta, don't want to be vengeful, no. I don't want to be a soldier, don't want to be militaristic, don't want to help that cycle, I just want to be a countercultural pacifist. I don't want to be a racist, don't want to be a capitalist, don't want to be sexist, no. I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't want to shop at Walmart, don't want to grow Monsanto, don't want to drink Coca-Cola, no. I don't want to burn petrol, don't want to eat perfect fruit, don't want to feel guilty, I just want to be a 
countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving, organic gardener. I wanna be authentic, I wanna be radical, I wanna be optimistic, honest, beautiful, I wanna be humble, I wanna be progressive, I wanna be open, I'm inspiration, I wanna be like John Wesley, or Sarah Major, or Anna Mao, I wanna be like Martin Luther, or Martin Luther King Jr., like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Dillon, or Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, Jesus Christ, but mostly, I just want to be me. I just want to be me. Kevin Schatz brings us a seasonal reflection on what makes the perfect Christmas. For him and his friends, it includes gifts, gifts given, to friends participating in the Adopt-A-Family program in Los Angeles. Listen to his interviews and let your heart be warmed and challenged. The Adopt-A-Family program out of the Los Angeles Cathedral has been serving the Skid Row area of downtown LA for the last 26 years by providing gifts to families who are unable to afford them during the holiday season. Lydia Gamboa, the program coordinator for Adopt-A-Family, has been involved with the program for the past 24 years. The Adopt-A-Family program was started 26 years ago by Monsignor Terry Fleming, who was the rector at St. Viviana's Church in downtown L.A. on 2nd and Main, which is pretty much in the heart of Skid Row. What he wanted was a program that would have children have a magical Christmas, one that he remembered as a child. He grew up in Ohio and he said he would come downstairs. There was the tree with presents, a warm meal, you know, family atmosphere. And he felt that every child in downtown LA deserved that. He came into the program when there was one in place, but what they did was they used to put gifts in the back of a car and then just go up and down the streets of Skid Row and hand out gifts. Well, he felt that every family deserved a little dignity and not to have to stand on the street. So we had a group of volunteers that would go out and interview the families. And interviewing the families, you get a sense of who lives in the household. We ask what type of work they do. We get all the sizes of the clothes that every person wears in that household. And then we get a good idea of their household needs. And then we get to talk to each individual and find out what their wish list item is. When the program started in 1990, 50 families were adopted. Last year, the program adopted 503. The program is primarily for children, but along with the children come the parents, grandparents, any kind of foster parents, anybody the caregiver. So we decided that we would uh, involve the whole family. So we adopt the whole family, not just the children. When we knock on the door of an apartment building, we're not asking what religion you are, what uh, if you go to church, we don't ask uh, your income. The places we visit, we know that the need is there. They wouldn't be living in some of these apartments that we visit uh, if, the, uh, if they didn't have a dire situation that they find themselves in. The Adopt-A-Family program is volunteer-based. The entire staff, from interviewers to coordinators, drivers and secretaries, are volunteers. Oh, I, I definitely believe in the grassroots. I think this program is so grassroots because of the fact that um, I can have somebody that just said, you know what, I can't package food and I'm not a good rapper, but 
you need me to cut up boxes to tear down to take trash out I can do all that and people just want to be here and 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 I think the most important thing because I've volunteered in a lot of organizations is you have to make the volunteers feel welcomed you need to make sure that they feel like they're useful that what they're doing is important and what they're doing uh, is beneficial to the program going along with the grassroots theme the only advertising done for the Adopt-A-Family program is through word of mouth. So not just the volunteers, but also many of the donors to the program find it entirely on their own. One such person was Brenna Corteau, a donor to this year's program. I had actually started to research some different organizations for my work to do an Adopt-A-Family with my work, but through doing some research... Um, and wanting to do some volunteer events with my friends this year, I decided why not put it out there instead of exchanging gifts with all of my friends for us to decide to adopt a family. So I put it out there to see how many of my friends would be willing to participate and got a really good response. Um, the week that I had posted to my friends to see if everybody wanted to do it. it happened to be the week of the election you know a lot of my friends weren't happy with the results of the election and definitely seeing a lot of people go to social media to put their complaints out there um, but instead of just complaining and talking a big talk wanting to really m make a change and do something good especially during the holiday season instead of us exchanging gifts why not spend that money and time into putting all of our efforts into adopting this family and getting gifts for them. Aside from organizing the donation, Brenna also coordinated an event for her friends who were participating. So yesterday we hosted a wrapping party for everybody to bring all the gifts for the family over and to try to make it as simple as possible for everybody that was participating. We supplied all of the gift wrapping, the tags, um, the ribbons and the bows, and made an event for ourselves which was pretty fun also. The needs of every family varies, and secretary for the Adopt-A-Family program, Emma Godinez, explains that gift giving can go beyond basic necessities. I've had a child tell me, I'm like, what do you want for Christmas? And they tell me, well, you know, um, can I just have a, a backpack or school so something because I don't have any paper? And you're like, no, but you don't want Legos? And they're like, what? I can get Legos? Like. I, I need school supplies. I'm like, yeah, we'll get school supplies. We'll get you guys food. And when they tell, when we tell them you can get um, clothes or anything cool like toys, then they just get ecstatic about it. Kerry, a volunteer for the program, who has also been a recipient of gifts through the program, explains her experience of receiving. So my, I always tell my mom, you know, that uh, I feel like we're not poor because we have a roof over our head and we have food. But receiving, being able to go beyond that and get something I want for Christmas, which in that, that year was an iPod, that was huge for me because never before was that possible for me. And so the feeling that I got from that was that, like, I don't know, it was the first, I just, it was the first year, like I said, that I got something that was, I guess, beyond my basic necessities. Kerry reflects further on receiving through the program. My family and I have received presents from this. We have benefited from the Adopt-A-Family program. And the thing is, is that we wouldn't have a Christmas without it because my family and I, we're very tight on money. 
we can't we usually never buy a tree because it's just not like it's a beautiful tradition we love christmas but our budget just won't allow it and every day i'll wear something that i got from adoptive family like this sweater i got from adoptive family and it's not because i like it or because well i do like it but um it's because the majority of the things i have it's, it's through this program she also explains that the program has had an effect beyond just receiving the gifts well actually for college i'm planning on studying um minoring in like a gender studies and and social injustice which is a new minor at my school and i think a lot of my values i have received from adoptive family like i've always i've always believed in giving back but i've never really focused on it like i have with this program and i mean um, I kind of divide my time up based on adoptive family. I choose my classes based on so that I have enough time for adoptive family interviews. And when I apply to a job, I'm, I make sure I say, oh, I can't work this time and this time. That's kind of how it affects my actual life. But the way it has affected me is I think more of what I have and, I, and I'm more conscious of what I have because I realize, you know, I... Um, you know, I wouldn't have this with, without this program. And because I do, I know that this is helping me become a better person, get a better education because I don't have to worry about certain things. And so in the future, I hope I can, too, give back as much as these people have given me. Volunteers, donors, and recipients alike all agree on the importance of the Adopt-A-Family program. I think it's definitely important to get involved and I mean, what we kind of all talked about it even during the wrapping party is you we all walk around and have different interna- interactions with people on a daily basis and people who are as fortunate as others are walking amongst us every single day. So you don't really know who is wealthy, who's not wealthy. This program is important because it helps so many people. I feel like a lot of people do not realize how many people there are in the world that are in need of just basic things as far as food even as simple as opening gifts for christmas we take a lot of that stuff for granted because we are fortunate to have those things so i feel like that's the best part of it it really helps people that are in need it's an important program i think first and foremost because it's very personal it's not just a reg which i'm not saying (laughs) that regular toy drives and stuff aren't important those are very important but i love the extra step that this program goes to really like listen to the specific wants and desires of each family and specific needs of each family and so i think it's important because the the way we go out and interview each family and um, and focus and make them feel very unique, basically, and make them feel that it's not just like we're handing out a bunch of things. It's like we're listening to their very specific needs. And also with that, we're not displaying it to the public. There's also a very important factor for Lydia and all the other people who work here is to keep their conf- keep the confidentiality a priority. Um, I'm very fortunate that Christmas is by far the most exciting holiday my family celebrated to this day and as an adult, but also most especially as a kid. And to have that feeling of knowing that that family is going to wake up on Christmas morning and 
have had a great experience is what's most important. Aside from the gifts provided during the holiday season, Lydia explains that the experience transcends beyond just the gifts in December. Well, you know, every year I try to figure out why I continue to do this and is it doing good? You know, I, I always worry that are we just giving gifts to people that aren't appreciating them? But when you meet the families that we interview, uh, it's so worth it. I've gone to birthday parties in hallways of buildings. My husband and I have gone to a quinceanera in an alley. Uh, families, when they have good news, bad news, they call us right away, you know, just to inform us. You know, uh, what begins as, a, you know, a relationship becomes an encounter. You're encountering people that are in the same living conditions as you are, just at a different level. They have the same needs, the same wants, the same um, dreams. Every parent wants their child to go to college. You know, when their children get accepted into college, we're one of the first ones they call to let us know. And it's not just about the gifts and the food. Our volunteers, when they're interviewing the family, we really get a sense of meeting the family and understanding them. And from the many years of experience with the program for Lydia, she's found her life changed as a result. With me, I just find that every year I learn something. You know, I have um, I learned a few years back, I think it must have been a good 14 years ago, a woman came in and she wasn't home at the apartment when we went to visit. So she called and said, oh, I missed out. Is there any way that you can still adopt me? And I said, well, you know, I'm not going out tonight, but do you want to meet me at the office and I'll interview you? So she came down here and as I was sitting, I was tired. I was hungry. I just wanted to go home. It had been a long day. And she's telling me, you know, I asked how many children you have. And she said she had five children, single parent. You know, she was um, working an office job, but barely could make ends meet and ended up in, and was living in Skid Row. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, why did you have five children? You can barely afford, you know. And I'm just like in my mind already judging this woman. And at the end of the conversation, I do not know what possessed me to ask, but I know, I know this sounds crazy, but it, I know it was God to teach me a lesson. I asked, do any of the fathers, and I use the term fathers, support the children? And she stayed very quiet. She looked down and she said, Three years ago, on Christmas Day, my husband died of a massive heart attack. We were living in Alhambra. He left us very heavily in debt. She goes, no life insurance, nothing. She goes, the only way I could keep my family with together was to move down here. Well, that taught me a lesson, you know, where you can't judge anybody. You know, everyone has a story. Everyone has... Um, a tale to tell, and it needs to be heard. And um, I think this program does a good job of doing that. Lydia is right. Everyone has a story. I don't know all your stories, Dunker Punks, yet I'm sure they include heartfelt interactions with others at Christmas and all year long. Thanks to Kevin's interviews with Brenna and her friends and Lydia, we now know a few more people's stories and how a simple program of gift giving can have a positive influence on many people's lives. Receiving a gift that we want, for many of us, is part of Christmas. 
Maybe you've experienced a time when you didn't get what you wanted, but what if you never felt empowered to even ask for anything beyond necessities? Or if you were afraid, afraid to ask for anything more than what you absolutely needed? You can hear similar need and also fear of wanting too much in the interviews Kevin shared with us. The values from Adopt a Family that so influenced Carrie are the values of giving and treating others with the same love you have for yourself. Jesus was taking a quote from Leviticus 19.18 when he included, Love your neighbor as yourself in his commandment to love. People call this Jesus' law of love. You have heard that it was said, you must love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who harass you so that you will be acting as children of your Father who is in heaven. He makes the sun rise on both the evil and the good and sends rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing? Jesus also warns us not to judge and not to withhold love based on people's circumstance or even how they treat us. We are to love. And when families have such deep needs as we heard in these interviews, needs that go beyond the basic to the simple desires for pleasure, then a program like Adopt-A-Family offers us a way to love others. Like Carrie, who chooses her classes so she can participate in sharing gifts with others through this program, we too can help people in our cities and counties. Maybe it's too late to join an Adopt-A-Family program for this Christmas, but I'm sure there are plenty of people who weren't part of programs and still need help. Your challenge this week is to find them. For instance, in Arlington, Virginia, where I live, we have an organization called Doorways that operates a shelter for victims of domestic violence. They can always use help. And in our broader area, Northern Virginia Family Services works with smaller groups who operate shelters and offer assistance. United Way, Salvation Army, and especially Brethren Disaster Services are all ways to help somebody no matter where you live. Look for those which will allow you to hear and respond to personal needs. Go that extra step and see where you can help make someone's post-Christmas very special. Merry Christmas, Dunker Punks, and may God bless you with love, laughter, and lots of hope for 2017. The Dunker Punks podcast is a collaboration among a dozen contributors who give you, Dunker Punk listeners, the gift of exploring a new topic twice a month. I am Pastor Nancy Fitzgerald of the Arlington Church of the Brethren who hosts our show. Suzanne Lay is our producer and edited the audio this week. Our wonderful Dunker Punks music is performed and written by Jacob Krauss. Rate us on iTunes or follow us on social media at Dunker Punks Pod. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.